You already know that we at Coffee and Bible Time strive to help people delight in God's Word. That's why we love Alabaster and their inspiring Bibles. In addition to the visually appealing design, these Bibles are an engaging way to delve deep into God's Word. You can purchase books of the Bible individually or in bundles. Either way, your faith is sure to flourish. Alabaster Company has perfectly designed an intersection of creativity, beauty, and faith in each and every book. Use our promo code CBTPROMO or find our link below to get 10% off your order and let's experience God's beauty together. For the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word and thrive in Christian living. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, courses, and more. And I'm so excited to tell you about our brand new in-depth Bible study academy. Have you always wished that you knew how to study your Bible in-depthly for yourself, but you just don't have time to go to Bible college? Well, join us this year as we adventure through 12 different courses designed to give you the background and the tools to study the Bible for yourselves. You can find out more information about the Academy on our website at coffeeandbibletime.com. Hi, I'm Mentor Mama. And I'm Taylor. And today we are going to be talking about love and how to make it last for the long haul, not only in our marriages, but in families, among friends, and yes, even among our enemies. Our guest today, Dr. Gary Chapman, is here with us to talk about how the complexities of life have an effect on our relationships. So making the choice to love and not merely relying on the feelings of love is so important to maintaining strong, lasting relationships. Dr. Gary Chapman, author, speaker, and counselor, has a passion for people and for helping them form lasting relationships. He is the best-selling author of the Five Love Languages series and newly released book, Love is a Choice. And he's also the director of Marriage and Family Life Consultants. Gary travels the world presenting seminars and his radio programs air on more than 400 stations. Please welcome Dr. Gary Chapman. Well, thank you, Ellen. It's great to be with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on the program because my my first introduction to your writing actually was, of course, through the five love languages, and it certainly has had such a great impact on myself, my family. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, great. Well, I want to start out with sort of the definition of love, if you would, because <laughs> love is used in so many ways in our society now. What is your definition of love? 
and why do you say it's yeah. something that we choose? You know, I think I think that love is probably the most misunderstood word in our culture. We use it in a thousand ways. We say, I love hot dogs. I love barbecue. I love the mountains. I love the beach. I love my car. I love my dog. And then we say to a special someone, I love you. Well, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think that the common perception of love, particularly when we're thinking about romantic love, is that love is a feeling. Uh, I call it the tingles, the emotional tingles for somebody. You just get obsessed with them emotionally. Something about the way they look, the way they talk, uh, just, you know, just pulls you toward each other. Uh, and you you don't have to work at that kind of love. I mean, it just happens. And you never know what day it's going to happen or with whom it's going to happen. Uh, but that's not the kind of love that the Bible describes. Now, that love is in the Bible. I mean, you'll find it in the Song of Solomon, that kind of love. Mm-hmm. And I'm not downplaying falling in love. I mean, that's a wonderful experience. But that kind of love only lasts two years. The average lifespan of the in love experience is two years. And the kind of love in the Bible really doesn't start with a feeling. It affects feelings, but it starts with an attitude. So love is an attitude, a way of thinking, and then a way of behaving. So that love, if if I were going to put it in a sentence, I would say that love is the attitude that approaches life with every day. How can I enrich the lives of the people that I encounter today? Mm -hmm. It's a way of thinking. And if you have that attitude, then you're going to find ways that you can express love to the people that you encounter every day. Yeah. Now, uh, the whole love language thing, if you speak love to the person in, a, in a, a way that's meaningful to them, it does affect their emotions. And it does meet that deep emotional need. I'm not downplaying emotions. We're emotional creatures. Uh, and one of our deepest emotional needs is the need to feel loved by the significant people in our lives. If you're married, the person you would most like to feel loved by is your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, children want to feel loved by their parents. Uh, so uh, when we learn, that's where the love language concept comes in. But love is an attitude is basically the definition. It's a way of thinking and behaving that enriches the lives of other people. Mm. Yeah, that is very, I think, different, as you mentioned, just from what how our culture uses that. Um, but just having that definition though, I think helps us sort of refocus on what's most important. Well, I know there's probably not many that aren't familiar with what are the five love languages, but just in case, (laughs) I think it's a good thing to maybe just step back since this whole book kind of revolves around the five love languages. Help us understand what are the five love languages and how can we determine what ours is yeah there it's basically five ways to express love uh that are that are, i think universal uh, one is words of affirmation you're just looking for things about the person that you can affirm them for you know you look nice in that outfit i appreciate what you did you know one of the things i like about you is just looking for things that you can affirm you know proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says life and death is in the power of the tongue. We can kill people by the way we talk to them and we can give them life by the way we talk to them. You know, I did have a lady say to me some time ago, she said, Gary, I know it would be good if I could give my husband some positive words. She said, but to be honest with you, I can't think of anything good to say about the man. 
<laughs> I said, well, does he ever take a shower? She said, well, yes. I said, well, how often? She said, every day. I said, if I were you, I'd start there. <laughs> I've, I've never met a man or a woman. You couldn't find something good to say about them. So verbal words of affirmation. Then uh, acts of service, doing something for the other person you know they would like for you to do. In a marriage, that's such things as cooking meals, washing dishes, vacuuming floors, walking the dog, washing the car, mowing the grass, changing the baby's diaper, anything, you know, that you know they would like for you to do. There's an old saying, actions speak louder than words. Mm. If, if this is their love language, actions will speak louder so than words. So true. Yeah. yeah. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. The gift says, they were thinking about me. Look what they got from me. Mm -hmm. And the gift doesn't have to be expensive. We've always said it's the thought that counts. But mm -hmm. I like to remind uh, couples and individuals that it's not the thought in your head that counts. It's the gift that came out of the thought in your head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you, you can, I, I used to say to husbands, you can get free flowers in the spring and summer. Just go out in the backyard and pick one like the kids do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or you can pick up a stone in a city parking lot and give it to an eight-year-old boy and say, hey, man, I found this today and I thought about you. Look at the colors in this thing, man. I want you to have it. If gifts, is, if gifts is his love language, you'll find that stone in his dresser drawer when he's 23. And he'll remember Aww. it. He gave it to him. Yeah. So gifts is a powerful way. For some people, this is their language. Mm -hmm. And then there's quality time. Giving them your undivided attention. I do not mean sitting on the couch watching television together. Someone else has your attention. Mm -hmm. TV is off. Computer's down. We're not answering our phone. We're looking at each other and sharing our thoughts and our ideas and sharing life with each other. Quality time. Undivided attention. And then number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies. Hold them and kiss them and cuddle mm -hmm. them long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love. The baby feels love by physical touch. Mm -hmm. In a marriage, this is such things as holding hands, kissing, embracing the whole sexual part of marriage, arm around the shoulder, driving down the road, you put your hand on their leg, sitting around the house, they walk by, you trip them. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't don't trip your spouse. <laughs> here, here's the simple idea. Out of those five love languages, each of us, married or single, young or old, each of us has what I call a primary love language. One of the five speaks more deeply to you emotionally than the other four. Now, we can receive love in all five, but if we don't get love in our primary language, we will not feel loved, even though we're getting it in some of the other languages. And this is why many times couples do not feel loved by each other. Not because they're not loving each other, because they are. Maybe he's speaking acts of service, doing all kinds of things for her to show his love. But maybe her language is quality time. So she doesn't. She appreciates what he's doing, but that doesn't really make her feel loved. If he'd sit down and give her 30 minutes or 15 minutes a day, just talking with her, listening to her, finding out what's going on in her life, what are her thoughts, man, she'd feel loved. But instead, she feels he, didn't, he doesn't even want to be with me. He never talks to me. So they criticize each other. So if you understand this and you learn each other's language, then you can start speaking it, speaking love in a way that's meaningful to them. 
And how do you discover a person's love language? Well, there's three informal ways. One is simply observe their behavior. Or if you want to know your language, observe your behavior. Which of these five do you typically do just naturally with people? Are you always giving people high fives and patting them on the back? Well, then physical touch is probably your language. If you're always giving gifts, then that's probably your language. If you're giving affirming words, that's probably what you want to receive. So that's a clue. And then another clue, what do you complain about most often? And what does the other person complain about? Mm. You know, if your wife says, I just feel like we don't spend any time together anymore. We're just mm. like ships passing in the night. Yeah. She's telling him quality time is her language. In fact, I had a mother tell me the other day, she said, Dr. Chapman, my six-year-old son said to me, we don't ever go to the park anymore since the baby came. Mm-hmm. He used to have his mother's full attention, just the two of them in the park. Yeah. Now, he's not getting that. He's complaining. Yeah. So he's telling her his love language. So what do you complain about? And then what do you request most often? So if your spouse says to you when you're going on a business trip, be sure and bring me a surprise. <laughs> They're telling you gifts is their language. Mm-hmm. If they uh, if they say or if they say to you, honey, how, how does this look? Talking about their dress. How does this look? They're asking for words of affirmation, you know. So uh, if you put those three together, you can pretty well figure out a person's love language. Yeah. Of course, you can also go online and take a free quiz. Uh, there's one for married couples, there's one for single adults, there's one for teenagers. And you answer a series of questions, and it will tell you what your primary language is, what your secondary language is, and how the others fall in line under that. So they told me the other day that 110 million people have taken that quiz. Oh, my goodness. And it's free. So anybody that wants to use that quiz. Yeah, we will we'll put the link to that below. Yeah. That it is incredible. It really is because I remember before having read the book, um, my husband was speaking his language to me, which was uh, words of affirmation. He would tell me all these nice things about myself, but it didn't. It didn't have an impact. It was like, okay, thanks. Um, but if he were to put his arm around me, like at church. I'd feel mm-hmm. like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I, our marriage was pretty similar. Only uh, my my word is mine is words of affirmation. So that's what I gave her in the early days. Mm-hmm. And one day she said, "You know, you keep on telling me you love me. If you love me, why don't you help me?" I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, you don't ever offer to wash dishes or vacuum floors or clean toilets. I mean, you don't offer to do anything." And, and I didn't say this, uh, Ellen, I, I didn't say this to her, but I'm thinking, woman, what are you talking about? My mama did that. <laughs> <laughs> we bring our history with us, you know, sure, yeah. expect our wives to do what our mamas did. I like to say to guys, hey, you, you didn't marry your mama, you know, mm-hmm. and you gals, you didn't marry your daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you want to find out is what makes this man feel alive if he's your husband. Uh, but she was telling me, looking back, I didn't know anything about love languages, but looking back on it, she was telling me that acts of service was her language, and I wasn't doing any of those things. And when I started doing them, she started giving me words of affirmation. And we so we stumbled upon how to love each other. And many couples have done that. Yeah, they, they were good marriages before I wrote this book. Sure. Uh, but they stumbled upon what makes the other person feel loved. Yeah. 
Hey guys, Mentor Mama from Coffee and Bible Time. I'm so excited to tell you about our new in-depth devotional series on Romans. We just wrapped up the book of Psalms and we had you guys vote on Instagram and you said you wanted a in-depth study on Romans. So if you're looking for a guiding type mentoring devotional from us, then this is the way to go. We create and send to you weekly devotionals through your email that have guiding questions, journaling prompts, and links to additional helpful resources to help you read through and study Romans. It's $7.99 a month, and you get one devotional each week that has three days of guided study and suggestions for the remaining days of the week. You also have access to our private Facebook group, where we interact with you and you can be part of our loving and caring community. Join us today at coffeeandbibletime.com. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when when we know our what our own language is and that's what our sort of natural disposition to do is, how do we learn to love others in the language that speaks most effectively to them? I think sometimes it's uh, there's a learning curve. For example, if you didn't receive words of affirmation growing up, then you come to adulthood and you don't know how to say words of affirmation. Yeah. I remember a husband told me that. He said, Dr. Chapman, I don't know how to. I, I, my wife's language is words of affirmation, and I don't know how to do that. He said, I never received positive words growing up. I said, well, you are where you are. But here's the good news. You can learn to speak any of these languages as an adult, even if you didn't get them. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, I said, tell me three things that, that your wife is good at. He said, well, she's, she's a good cook. She's a good school teacher. And she's a good mother. I said, okay. I wrote them down. And then out beside them, I put two or three sentences, like on the cooking. Honey, I haven't told you this. But I really appreciate all the meals you fix for us. You're a good cook. I just wrote out two or three sentences. I said, now you go home this week. Twice a day, you get in a room by yourself, and you read these out loud. So you hear yourself saying these things, okay? And, and I, I hope by the end of the week, you can come back and say them without looking at your notes. Okay, so he came back, and he did. And I said, okay, now here's your assignment. The next three weeks, you give her one of these statements every week just a different one every week for three weeks. I don't care when you do it, what day or where you do it. I said, okay, I'll try. When he comes back, I said, did you do it? He said, yeah, I did it. I said, how'd your wife respond? He said, on the third week, she said to me, what's going on with you? I've never heard you give me so many compliments. <laughs> I, I said, what, what did you say? He said, well, I just told her, honey, I'm just trying to learn how to express to you how much I love you. She said, oh, that is so sweet. Aww. So the reality is you can learn these languages as an adult if you didn't receive them. And that's good news. Yeah, yeah and that's true. why And that's why I'm saying in this book I just wrote called Love is a Choice. I had a guy say to me, he said, Dr. Chapman, we read your book. We took the quiz. Her love language is acts of service. But I'll tell you and her. If it's going to take my washing dishes and vacuuming floors for her to feel loved, she can forget that. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's your choice. If you choose to live with a woman who has what I call an empty love tank, that's your mm -hmm. choice. 
I said, I much prefer to live with a wife who has a full love tank. I said, my wife's language is acts of service. I said, I do wash dishes and vacuum floors and take out trash and clean toilets. And she th- and she tells me I'm the greatest husband in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but love is a choice. I said, you know, what I'm giving you in the book is information on how to communicate love effectively and meet that deep emotional need for love. But it's a choice. I mean, you, you know it. So now you have a choice. Am I going to do it and learn or learn to do it? Or am I just going to ignore it? And if you ignore it, then you're going to be living with someone who has an empty love tank. Well, let's just shift right into talking about your book, Love is a Choice, because it's this compilation of stories that show the five love languages in action. And they are just so incredibly heartfelt (laughs) and impactful. How do these stories illustrate the ways we can choose to love um, when in many cases it would be easier just to ignore someone or walk away? Yeah. Well, these stories are all written by other people. I didn't write the stories. At the end of the stories, I illustrate how they have just spoken, what, what language or how many languages they spoke, but the power of love. And then challenge people to be looking for opportunities to express love. There are stories about everything. It's not just marriage. It's all kind of relationships. Uh, I remember just, here's a simple one. Uh, there was a couple going on vacation to Carlsbad Cavern, and they were going to hike all day. They get there, and the and the rangers say, uh, sorry to tell you, but the snow is so deep, we had to close the park. And the, the guy that was with his family heard the car in front of him lash out at the rangers and say, what do you mean? It's not that bad, you know? And, you know, and this guy, when he got up there, he said, well, I really appreciate you guys looking out for us. We're disappointed, but I appreciate you looking out for us. He gave him words of affirmation instead of yelling at him, you know, or complaining. Mm. And then they drove down as a family to a restaurant and stopped to get some coffee and some hot chocolate for the kids. And while they were sitting there, they said, why don't we get some coffee and take it back up there and give it to those guys? Mm. And they did. And they went back up there and he said, you know, we were down there drinking hot coffee, and we thought, you guys got to be cold out here, so we brought you some coffee. He said the smile and the response of those rangers was better than even taking a hike in the Carlsbad Cavern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a simple thing. So first he spoke words of affirmation, then he gave them a gift. Mm. Yeah, so, and we, we all have opportunities every single day to speak some of these languages. Now, other of the stories are more, more detailed. One I really like, in fact, it brought tears to my eyes, and you probably read this one. It's the, it's the lady who was, reti- she was a retired librarian. She and her husband had no children, and she was retired. They moved into this neighborhood. She was in her backyard working in a little garden space, and this little girl, I think about four years old, came through the bushes. She lived in the house next door, and she said to her, will you play with me? And the lady said, I'm busy. And she said, I'm Lily. Will you play with me? Oh. <laughs> and the lady said, I was so touched that I just took my gloves off and said, okay, honey, we'll play. What do you want to play? She said, I want to play house. And I want you to be the child and me to be the mother. Oh. So, she, so under the tree, they played for a while, you know. And then she said, okay, honey, now you're going to have to run home. I've got to finish my work. And so the little girl left. And she thought, well, that's that, you know. But the next day, that little girl knocked on the back door 
And when she went to the door, she said, uh, what are you doing? And she said, I'm cooking. And she said, can I help you? And she said, no, honey, why don't you go home and help your mother? And she said, well, my mother's not there. Well, who's looking after you? She said, a babysitter. And she said, can I help you cook? And the lady said, I just had to open the door. Come on in, honey. And I let her stir, you know, some things. And she said, those two events were the beginning of a 21-year friendship with that little girl. Aww. She would come over to the house at every stage. We would do things together. Later, we're sitting on porch in the swing, talking to each other. And when that gal went off to college, when she came back, she would always come over and spend time with this lady. She said she became the daughter I never had. Wow. Well, she was giving quality time to a child. Yeah. She said, I'm so glad that I took what was really an interruption. You know, she was interrupting me that first morning and that second morning. But I took that interruption as an opportunity to yeah. love. Wow. And when we do that, all of us are so busy, you know, and sometimes people reach out to us and we're too busy to get involved even in a conversation with them. And we miss opportunities to love. Yeah. Uh, so it's amazing how we can impact people's lives if we just, Whenever we have something that seems to be an interruption, say, oh, God, help me to see what you see and, and give, my, give some time here to find out if I might be, uh, you know, can love this person. So there's just tremendous opportunities every day for every one of us to love. That's why I said if we have an attitude of love and we're thinking in terms of how can I enrich the lives of the people I encounter today, there's opportunities there every day for us to reach out and love people in the family and outside the family. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, it, it, it reminds me of our next door neighbor here who they don't have any children, but they just kind of have loved on our kids so much. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, I know we've kind of been talking about um, some things that maybe aren't painful, but as painful as when maybe you're living with someone where you have painful memories, it's a difficult relationship. Um, how can we choose to love someone when, when we have painful memories? Yeah. Well, I, I remember the words of Jesus when he said, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. A lot of people feel used in relationships. You know, return good for evil. I mean, those are those are high, lofty yeah. commands. And I think Christians have it on non-Christians because we have outside help. You know, Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 says, the love of God is poured out in our hearts mm -hmm. through the Holy Spirit. So in those situations when we've been treated uh, you know, harshly and we have pain and hurt in a relationship, if you can say to God, Lord, you know how I feel. You know the hurt and pain that I feel. But I know you love that person because you love everybody. And I'm in the best position of anybody in the world to be your agent for loving them. If you're married to them, I'm thinking now. Yeah. So I'm asking you, I'm opening my heart for your love into my heart and show me how I can love them in spite of the fact that I'm hurt. God will give you the power to respond to what they did to you or failed to do. He'll give you the power to do that. And the most powerful thing you can do to someone who isn't loving you 
is to love them in the right love language over an extended period of time. And in their mind, they're start, they're beginning to think, man, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm liking this a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I've asked many wives, for example, who are in those kind of marriages, would you do a six month experiment with me? And if we can figure out your husband's primary language, would you be willing to speak it with God's help at least once a week for six months and let's see what happens? Over and over again, I've seen that husband begin to warm up and then begin to respond to her and begin to say things like, well, what can I do to help you tonight? You know, and now he, she can teach him her love language. Mm-hmm. And we can't guarantee that, but love stimulates love. You know, the Bible says we love God because God first loved us. So we can be God's agent for loving an unlovely spouse or an unlovely neighbor. We can be God's agent for speaking love to them. And chances are our love will stimulate love inside of them. So uh, I, w- I would just I always challenge couples who are in that situation, whether it's a husband or a wife, to ask God to give you the ability to be his representative for six months and really seeking to communicate love to them in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that people that are listening to this now um, are, are encouraged that maybe are currently in difficult situations that, okay, I can try this. You know, that's only, you're only asking me to do one thing a week. I can handle that. Um, how do, how does someone that maybe is in a relationship where there's some kind of like, where do you draw the line where maybe there's substance abuse or emotional abuse that's happening or if anyone's listening that might want to know, how do yeah. they go about that? Yeah. Well, you, I, I, I suggest that first of all, you try what I've just suggested, mm-hmm. you know, loving them in the, in the right love language over a period of time. Mm-hmm. But there is a place then if they don't change and we can't make them change. Mm-hmm. There is a place then to say, I don't know how you feel about us, but I feel like I have been giving you everything I can to show you that I love you in spite of my own hurt. And I don't know if you care about us or not, but I love you too much to sit here and let you destroy me and our children. And so I want you to know I'm going to be moving out and living with my mother. I'm not, I'm not going to desert you. If you're willing to go for counseling, I'll go with you. If you're willing to get help for if it's abuse, if you're willing to get help, you know, then, I, I, then we can get into marriage counseling. So I'm not, I'm not abandoning you. I'm just telling you, I love you too much to sit here and do nothing because I've tried to love you for the last year, you know, however long. And, uh, and it appears to me that, that you, you, you don't care. Mm-hmm. So uh, often it's that kind of what I call tough love mm-hmm. that helps that person to say, I'm about to lose something good here. And they reach out to get help. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so tough love is love also, but tough love is more effective if it's after you have been loving them you know, in an unconditional way for a period of time. Absolutely. What happens most of the time is, in a, in a marriage like that, you you criticize them, you tell them how awful they are, you put them down, you argue with them, you say negative things, you you know, for for two years. And then you say, then you do the tough love thing. Right. 
And then they say, the other person says, good riddance. I'm sick and tired of you anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you've been loving them for a period of time in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. now they've got something to lose. And they're mm -hmm. sensing, oh, man, she's been so good to me. And now I've got to deal with this. You know, yeah. it can help motivate him to reach out and get the help he needs. Yeah, because are some of those things like maybe deep inner wounds from a some childhood or thing that they really need to process and yeah. uh, well go ahead there's always hope for people who are you know abusive in any way there's always hope for them if they will reach out for hope if they will reach out to a counselor and I encourage people go to go to a Christian counselor if you've got that kind of problem. Don't 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 let your spouse have to live with this. See it in yourself and say, I'm going to go get me some help because God can help you overcome all the scars of the past that have influenced you to be the kind of person you are now. But you don't have to continue to be this kind of person. You you can be a different kind of person. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus can break the chains. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me to one of the stories in the book um, that you called Who is Winning the War? And it tells about a couple who started their marriage as two selfish people. Um, they ended up being at war with one another. Tell us about the steps that they took to stop fighting and start learning how to touch the heart of the other person. You know, I think in a nutshell, the biggest factor was they learn to empathetically listen to each other. Mm. You know, any couple is going to have differences because we're human. Humans don't think the same way. They don't have the same emotions. But if we will take time to listen and respect them as a human, I want to hear your perspective. I want to understand what you're thinking. I want to understand your ideas. I want to hear your feelings. That's what I mean by empathy. You're actually trying to put yourself in their shoes and look at the world through their eyes. Yeah. And, if, and if you're willing to do that, you can then honestly say, you know, honey, I think I'm understanding what you're saying. And I can see how that makes a lot of sense. Now you're not an enemy. Now you're not trying to win an argument. Mm -hmm. You're expressing understanding. And because you express understanding, then you can say, now, let me share my side and, and the way I'm thinking. And because you've listened to them and affirmed their ideas, I don't mean you necessarily agree with them, but you affirm their, their ideas, then they likely will listen to you. And when they can say to you, okay, now I understand your perspective and I can see how that makes sense. So how can we solve the problem? And you spend your energy solving the problem rather than spending your energy trying to win an argument mm -hmm. see by nature we know we're right if you just listen to me you'll understand you'll believe me you know mm -hmm. if you win an argument with your spouse because if they just say eventually okay give up i give up have it your way you won the argument they lost it's no fun to live with a loser mm -hmm. why would you create a loser we're not losers. We're teammates. We're on the same team. Yeah. So uh, that's why uh, arguments, which are so common to us, because we all think that our position's right, whatever it is, and we try to convince them and sometimes yell and scream at each other. 
and and that's always a downward journey. Arguments lead down; they never lead up. Mm-hmm. Empathetic listening leads to focusing on how can we solve the problem, mm-hmm. and what can we find that we can agree on. And you look for solutions because we're on the same team. You you need to keep telling yourself we're on the same team. We're not enemies. So yeah, there's some powerful stories in the book that kind of deal with that. And that's what uh, you know. I think that's really the beauty of this book is that you can read one of these stories about someone else or another couple, mm-hmm. and it can give you such encouragement and just you know, in God's providence, my husband and I had gotten into an argument. And I, after that, I said, you know what, I need to prepare for this podcast. Would you listen to this with me? And he said, yes. And I mean, we were like both melted into a puddle of, you know, <laughs> all ooey, gushing, you know, thinking yeah. about it just gives such encouragement and hope to people when you hear yeah. someone else that they've conquered um, hard things like this. Yeah, and that's why I'm excited about this book. I think uh, it's for anybody of any age, really, married or single. But mm-hmm. you read these stories and you begin to see how God used another person in a situation and you kind of see yourself, you know. So I'm hoping that these 28 stories uh, will encourage people uh, to take steps toward love and becoming more of a loving person as a way of life. Uh, if that happens, uh, imagine what would happen, for example, if just every Christian had a lifestyle of, of love and an attitude of love and these stories will give you ideas on how mm. and when and where to express love so yeah i'm excited about this book yeah and just as we we wrap things up here i was also very encouraged by um tamara's story of um loving tony lavishly and just how maybe you could just share that one as we start to yeah head out because it, it in another way it really encourages love that we have to think about as well yeah yeah tony was a veteran and he had gone to the veterans administration and uh, this lady tamara's husband worked there and uh, he had been homeless but he now had a low-income house an apartment but he had no furniture in it and he also uh, had a disease a deadly disease mm-hmm. and uh, when he told his wife about it that night she said well We've got to get him a bed. Nobody shouldn't uh, you know, not live in a room with no bed. He was sleeping on the floor. So mm-hmm. she just went out and bought him a bed and had it delivered and went over there and met him. And then she told her sister, I think it was, about it. And she said, her sister said, well, we got to get him some furniture. So the sister <laughs> got him some furniture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just kind of outfitted his little apartment. And... Uh, he began to get get you know worse in his disease, and uh, and they found out he had he had family in another state, and so they contacted the family and the sister. They actually paid for his sister to come out and see him, and she came out and saw him, and spent time with him and saw what they had done for him, and uh, and then as he got really bad, they actually paid for him to to go home to be with his mother. And live with his mother the last three weeks of his life mm-hmm. and the mother said to, to tamra uh, she said you know all these years i prayed that god would perform a miracle in tony's life and mm-hmm. you you are that miracle uh, <laughs> yeah 
Oh, that just touched my heart so much. Yeah. And it's such a great reminder that we need to be looking beyond ourselves. Um, yeah. And we can share our love with with others that um, are going through challenges or maybe someone that we would might typically avoid or yeah. um, it's well. Dr. Chapman, thank you so much for talking about your your book. I'm so excited. We will have the link in there. Before we go, I just want to ask you a couple of our favorite Bible study tool questions that we like to ask our guests. Okay. Um, what is your Bible? What Bible do you have that is kind of your go-to Bible, and what translation is it? Typically, I'm reading uh, right well. What I do is I read through one translation and another translation. Mm. But, and and uh, right now I'm on the NIV, the New International Version, the original New International Version. And uh, I like the Ryrie Study Bible. Charles Ryrie was a seminary professor. And at the bottom of the pages, he has you know explanations of some of the geography and other things about what we just mm -hmm. read. So it's just you've kind of got some stuff built in there, you know, rather than having to go to get a commentary yeah, and read it. Yeah. So, so the Ryrie Study Bible, and uh, I've worked through what I what I do now is I I work through a whole Bible, a chapter a day, just walking through it every morning. I walk through it, and uh, so but uh, but I do like uh, the Ryrie Study Bible, and in uh, the NIV version, but I've Excellent. I've done other versions as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, how about, do you have any, do you like to journal or do you have anything that you have that enhances your Bible study experience? Yeah, I used to, I used to journal in hand, handwriting before computers. <laughs> now <laughs> I have my computer there. And when I've finished my time with God, you know, underlining the scripture passages and having a conversation with God and reading the comments at the bottom of the page, you know, that uh, that Charles Ryrie has there and just praying and having a time with God. Then I turn around my computer. I put the date, I put the passage, and I, 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 I type out at least one verse that really, really stuck out to me, you know. And then I talk about uh, just a little paragraph on what, what, I'm, what happened yesterday and what I'm looking forward to today. And, uh, so, yeah, it's just a personal, a little personal diary that, uh, that I keep and have, have done for many years. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I bet you've seen God's faithfulness over and over uh, again. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Uh, lastly, what would be your favorite app or website for Bible study tools that you would recommend? Well, you know, I'm pre-apps in my age. <laughs> I don't have an app, a special app, though there are some good ones out there, and I I, I, I encourage people to use them. But you know, I was I was pre uh, I was pre uh, all this stuff that's out there and available now. I do like the I do like the computer though. <laughs> I like to keep my notes <laughs> on my computer, uh, but. But probably, uh, if I were going to look at a Bible study uh, uh, website and all, I'd probably look at yours because I understand you have one. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Yes, we do. That's our mission. Help people delight in God's word. Well, Dr. Chapman, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us here at Coffee and Bible Time. We um, are, feel so encouraged, and I just 
pray for continued blessings and that this book really is going to touch so many hearts and encourage so many people. Well, thank you, uh, Ellen and Taylor. It's good to have you with us today. I'm glad to meet you. Thank what you. grade are you in? Are you I, still in school? I, yeah, I'm um, a senior at Moody Bible Institute. Are you really? <laughs> and she's a counseling major. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I read your books. I am in a newer relationship. We're uh, about to hit eight months. So okay. we, we read your stuff together and now have I, you have you read have you read things i wish i had known before we got married um no but i okay. have been recommended that okay okay then i i suggest you work with work through that too yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're at moody I, yeah i'm a graduate of moody That's oh, yes. i've yeah. been to the chapman center oh. okay yeah uh, okay yeah yeah, but when I when I was there, uh, Moody was only a three-year school. It was an institute. They didn't offer degrees. Uh, you know, of course, now you got degrees and you got master's degrees and all the rest of it there. But uh, yeah, those were three important years for me. So I, I I did that, and then I went to Wheaton College for two years and got my degree from Wheaton. Uh, okay. but, yeah, but I have a special place in my heart for for Moody. So. Aww. Yeah. Equipping so. people to do God's work. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It had a profound impact on my life. In fact, of all the education I've done, and I just kept on going to school forever. You know, my dad was always going to get a job now, son, you know. But the time at Moody was the most profound in terms of really impact in my life of any place I've ever been. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Wow, that's incredible. I, I thought it was interesting when you said the first two years, you know, are really the in love years. I've been through one daughter getting married recently. So I, I called it the love fog because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, always yeah, like, yeah. Hello, I asked you a question. Are you there? <laughs> and now she's in that state. <laughs> yeah. And it's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with being in love. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. It's just that we need to look at other things as well because we are going to come down off that. And that's why I think if we get that love language concept down uh, before we come down off that high, then we hardly miss it because we are speaking each other's language and we are, you know, we still, still feel uh, that need is still being met. So, yeah. yeah. Very good. All I enjoyed right. chatting well, with you. Thank you. And for our listeners, be sure and head over to the coffee and Bible time website. We will have all the information and the links regarding Dr. Chapman's book. So be sure and join us at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for being with us. We love you all. Have a blessed day. If you are a fan of this podcast and believe others would benefit from it too, we'd be immensely grateful if you would take just a moment to share your thoughts in a review. Positive reviews help us expand our reach and impact more lives for Jesus. We thank you in advance for your support.